0: Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel, and today we're talking about them rookie running backs, some of your top rookie running backs, top five, three, whatever you want to call it, we're going to be discussing in depth a couple of these Top rookie running backs. I know that a lot of people who watch these videos later in the summer, you might not be in depth with the, you know, draft. And I understand all that. Maybe this year though, since there was nothing else on TV, but following it for dynasty purposes, I want to get you all caught up to speed on some of these rookies. I have another rookie running back video that I did right after the draft, which will go in depth on a couple of other names as well. And really a lot of things have changed since then. Not a massive amount, but a good amount to at least detail based on some of the things that have set set in stone on ADPs and things like that. So I'm excited for you to be here. And if you're excited to be here with me, please do take a second of your time like button big old one big old subscribe button pops up on the screen smash that if you're listening on the podcast how those ears doing let's get into this video gang because i'm pretty excited for it the flashy new toys the shiny new toys the rookie running backs the rookie receivers all these guys everybody wants to have the next odell beckham jr in the receiving department the next aj brown or, or dk metcalf debo samuel if you're just looking at last year and if you're looking at running backs where is that arian foster gem of a running back that you can get in the middle to late rounds of your draft if you're an rb zero rb drafter strategy type of a player or who's just that next? top-notch rookie running back who comes into the league, ask your your Zeke's, your Saquon's, and just balls out. Who's somebody that you can trust? A Kareem Hunt from recently, the last few years. And we're gonna discuss some of those possibilities and the guys that I think might be going a little bit under the radar and guys that I'm a much higher on than ADP, things of that nature in this video right here, the top rookie running backs. But I would be remiss not to call out that the Supreme Draft Guide is out. It's been out. People are in there. People are jumping around. There's new content being added on a weekly basis and people from everything I've heard are loving the Supreme Draft Guide. It is on my site. It is on the Fantasy Sports Focus site all those things are linked below and for a limited time offer limited time for the people who are only listening to this podcast and watching this youtube video you can get it for ten dollars thanks to monkey knife fight all the information is in the description below and for the people on the podcast because i know it's a little bit more difficult to get into the description or if you're just watching on youtube if you go over to monkey knife fight if you sign up and deposit for the first time and use the promo code sal nfl all one word sal nfl you'll get the supreme draft guide for free they'll give you fifteen dollars to play for free on the site all of it ends up coming out to just $10 for you, but you got $25 in your account over there and the free Supreme Draft Guide for a third of the price, which you normally would play, plus the bonus cash in the site itself, Monkey Night Fight, a little prop betting site. So they're sponsoring it, but again, you can just click the links in the description and it does the same thing for you. Go ahead, check that out. This is the, if you're watching on the YouTube page, this is the Rookie Running Back Profile page, which is just the list you go through. You want any running back that was drafted in this NFL draft, all 17 of them on here, little description, little bio, you get all caught up to speed. You did not have to do the months of research, the months of paying attention to the draft draft process you come in here you take a look at these profiles they're supposed to be quick hard hitting you understand what these players are about and where they're going and just like that and maybe even a couple of minutes the player that you were looking at and interested in you now know all you need to know for this year check it out so go get that supreme draft guide ten dollars right now thanks to monkey knife fantasy my website all me check it out appreciate all of you and with that being said let's break down into Clyde Edwards-Helaire, the only running back taken in the first round pick 32 the last pick overall by the Kansas City Chiefs and man it might not have been a better fit for any running back any any running back it would have went to the Chiefs in this draft. It would have been a fantastic pick. Everybody would have liked a new shiny toy. But the fact that he had that first round capital now has that fifty year option. Now he's going to be paid a lot more money than if he went just 10 picks later. It incentivizes him to be used more in this offense. And Patrick Mahomes said, I want Clyde with that first round pick. Go get him. So that weighs a little bit as well, if you did not already know that. Now let's discuss Clyde Ebertolaire in college. Well, he's 21 years old coming out. He's 5'7", 207 pounds. He ran a four six zero. Now you might say, ah, he's too slow. Well, Kareem Hunt ran a four six two. 2. Kareem Hunt was slower going into the Chiefs offense. And I think we all know how that went. Top end speed for the most part, it's going to matter like Eddie Lacey could never break a long run for a touchdown for the Green Bay Packers. But for the most part, a lot of guys are going to be fine in that area. Also, Eddie Lacey put on somewhere around like 50 or 60 pounds because he had a condition. So that's not being factored into that when people want to talk about speed coming out of college. But in 2019, last year, he ends up winning the national championship with LSU. 214 carries over 1,400 yards and 16 touchdowns. The big one, he caught 55 balls. Now we got a couple extra games because they actually went to that title game on 64 targets, but only one receiving touchdown for 453 yards. So although he was catching a lot of passes, he was never really schemed into the offense. He was checking it down. He was elusive, but never really did a lot after the catch. He wasn't as efficient in the passing game as people think. He just saw a lot of volume. Now he broke 71 tackles, which ranked 14th overall on a per touch basis. And he ranked 44th in breakaway run percentage. Again, the speed is not great right there. And the burst in general is not great, which usually means you're not getting a lot of 15 plus yard runs. Now he could be shifting and gain an extra two or three or four yards, which is good and something that he was able to do based on his broken tackle rate. But just breakaway percentage in that big boom bust upside and just Break a huge run. Your Saquon Barkley home run hitting ability not there for Clyde Edwards-Helaire. He did see a 10.2 percent target share. That was the 55 receptions on 58 targets. So a very good catch percentage. Again, a lot of them are little checkdowns. So what are you going to get from the Kansas City Chiefs this offseason? Let's look at how he's going to kind of fit into this offense. Is he the main guy? That's the big question. I'm sure a lot of people are asking. Well, they actually signed a running back in DeAndre Washington before the draft. But at this point, based on the first round capital, that's probably just forgotten about. Doesn't really matter all that much. Outside of that, when it comes to offensive line play, they added Mike Remmers. And when it comes to just players that they lost. They lost Steven Muskinski, a former draft pick of theirs and Cameron Irving as well. And then in the draft, they took Lucas Niang in the third round on offense. The only other offensive pick was the one Clyde Edwards Lair, in that first round. So if anything, the offensive line is going to kind of stay the same. And now you just have a running back coming in there. They lose Brandon Bell at tight end, but nothing really major there. So it's now a situation where you're looking at this and you're going, okay, well it's Damian Williams back there with one year left on his deal. And then it's not really much more. LeSean McCoy is no longer on this team. The guys in DeAndre Washington and Daryl Williams, that they pick up, not really major impacts there. Darwin Thompson, the second year player, who had a lot of hype last year, maybe more of a sleeper in dynasty formats at this point, if anything, and maybe you could sleep all the way to sleep on that one. Uh, But yeah, it's Clyde Obertolaire's backfield with Damian Williams, though. When it comes to dynasty format, Scott ebert looks great. Patrick Mahomes offense, Andy Reid, it's looking real good for the kid coming out of college at just 21 years old with pass catching abilities in this dynamic offense. But then you look at this year specifically, Damian Williams is still on this team. And they have a pretty deep depth chart. Also, Elijah McGuire's in this backfield, a former Jet. But you're looking at it, he's going to be a free agent next year, Damian Williams. So that's great for next year on, but he's still owed $1.85 million. And I don't think they're going to just cut that and take that hit, the Kansas City Chiefs. And Damian Williams arguably was the MVP of the Super Bowl last year. Now, I think it was Patrick Mahomes, but he put up a crazy good performance to at least say, this guy was very meaningful for us winning a Super Bowl last year. We're not just going to cut the guy. And he does perform very well. He's a good player in general when healthy. He's a good pass protector. He ranked 37th in that regard. So he's going to force a committee at the start of the year at the very least. In 11 games last year when he was healthy, he had 111 carries, 498 yards and seven touchdowns. He got 30 of 37 targets. So he can also catch the ball as well. But something to point out is that Williams has missed 10 games since 2017 so he is dealing with injuries kind of often at this point but the big takeaway is that Clyde Edwards is just not going to be a full-time back it might take him four to six to eight weeks very similar to Miles Sanders last week to take on that full-time role but unlike Miles Sanders he profiles out similar to the guy he's competing with Miles Sanders last year Jordan Howard a grinder on the ground who really was not producing much for them he would be okay but they never added much upside Damian Williams has upside there's not a lot of guys and Clyde Edwards is one of them but there's not a lot of guys who can take on that Damian Williams role of just catching a wheel route 30 yards down the field in stride with Patrick Mahomes. He's he's a good route runner. He's a good pass catching running back and he's a good pass protector. So although I do think that Clyde Edwards is probably the better running back at this time, just based on his age coming out of college, you get that youth around him. I don't think it automatically means Clyde Edwards is going to just be this fantastic option, but based on how many points the chiefs score and how efficient of an offense that is led by Patrick Mahomes, just being on the field 50% of the time for a guy like Clyde Edwards, if that's all he ended up seeing was 50% of the snaps, he's probably going to walk his way into six to eight touchdowns. And that's really, really hard to ignore for a rookie running back. Like let's just look look at the Chiefs offense last year and the running backs in that offense. They saw 3.5 red zone attempts per game, rushing attempts per game. They were 27th overall in rushing attempts The Chiefs, but it didn't matter because they ran so many plays and were always in the red zone that it kind of made up for that. They ranked 19 overall in their rushing ability last year on offense, bottom 10 in rush yards with 98.1 per game. Now that's not going to impact Edwards as much because he's going to benefit. There was also a slightly inefficient Darrell Williams and also a slightly inefficient back there, LaShawn McCoy at that time, but this was the big one. Chiefs running backs last year, 5.6 receptions on 6.6 targets per game in 20, 19. That is huge. The guys were seeing 6.6 6. 6 targets per game. You give four of those to Clyde Edwards Solaire at some point during the season, even if it's the second half, he's going to do very good things with those in PPR formats. Another important stat since Mahomes has been the Chiefs' starting quarterback, 1.7 touchdowns per game to running backs. 1.7 touchdowns per game to running backs is absolutely huge. So if you're going to look at that number and think that he's on the field 50% of the time, Edwards Solaire does have eight to 10 touchdown upside in this offense, even if it is on somewhat limited touches. Now, finally, the offensive line did rank overall 13th and now they had a couple of injuries and replacements were not- not too good. So it was a good, it was an above average, slightly run blocking unit. It should be very similar this year since they didn't really swap out too much and they didn't really gain too much. Just got Mike Remmers. Now I'm back to my draft guide, Supreme draft guide, again, link below on fantasy sports focus, my website. And I just want to look at some of the pros and cons here. And this is all going to be formatted differently as the summer goes on. And we just got the soft launch out, but it looks very, very slick and catch passes is a pro. Yes. Very elusive 21 runs of 15 or more yards. So I was good to see just a breakaway percentage on those going for 20 plus yards was not really there, but he was able to get a good amount of rushing attempts and at least rushes. 15 or more yards. Tough to bring down. Makes the first man miss. Very Saquon Barkley-esque in somewhat Barry Sanders. I'm not going to p- compare them totally, but like that, that type of skill set, right? Just the ability to make the first guy miss. After that, though, and not a ton of overall bursts. A lot of that is due to top end speed, but that's not really something that's going to matter all that much on a per-touch basis. Now, what are some of the things that he's bad at? He was a bad pass protector. He was honestly dog shit at pass protecting, which is another reason Damian Williams probably stays on the field more. Most rookies are not that great at pass protecting, especially if there's a better veteran behind you. You're kind of screwed in that department. The other thing's just his size and speed. Again, I don't really think the speed's a big knock, but at least coming out relative to some of the other running backs, it will be. And he's just 5'7", 207 pounds. So he's not this huge goal line back. He's exactly what he is. He's an enhanced satellite back in this offense who has the ability to take on a primary role, but I just don't know if it's going to be this year because of Damian Williams. So although I do like Clyde Ebertolaire, and you can see some of his LSU career stats here on the Supreme Draft Guide, although I do like Clyde Ebertolaire a good amount, he's currently going as like a top 12, borderline top 12 running back. I have him as like my 14th running back off the board. So I think he's a top 15 running back just because of the upside he possesses. Like this guy's floor, if he plays 50% of the snaps and taken in the first round, I think he's probably going to be at that point by the end of the year. His floor is probably somewhere around six touchdowns with the upside of a double digit touchdown season and factoring in his receiving game role. If he's going to catch 40 to 50 balls, if he has that upside, right? Miles Sanders only played 50% of the snaps last year and caught 50 balls in that, in that Philadelphia Eagles offense. If Clyde edwards does that, yeah, I do think he is deserving of a top 15 pick for this specific year and definitely a, a dynasty darling in my opinion. So Clyde edwards is the first rookie running back. There's a little brief on him. Let's get into the next player right now. My man out of Florida State Cam Akers is your next player. He was taken with the 20th pick in the second round by the Los Angeles Rams, who probably didn't need a running back, but they went ahead and taken him after taking Daryl Henderson in the third round last year. Cam Akers is only 20 years old, so he's very, very young. He's 5'10, 217 pounds, so he's got a lot of muscle on him. He ran a 4'47, very good speed. Now, Cam Akers in 2019, while he was at Florida State, dealt with the fourth worst offensive line in the power five last year. The conference is very, very bad. He was 76 missed tackles force, which was his seventh in college football. His overall numbers, 231 carries for over 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns. He also can catch passes. He's got good hands, 30 receptions on 38 targets for 225 yards. That ended up being a 9.7% target share, which we do love to see those types of target shares overall. Now in his overall career, while he was there, you can see the career numbers flashing up on the screen right now. In his career, he averaged 4.9 yards per carry on a 79.1% catch rate as well. He got 68 of his 86 targets. That's where that catch rate comes in and he had 586 attempts on the ground now he did catch nine of 77 catchable passes which is not great 11 percent, 11.5 he was a standout pass protector only 15 pressures on 324 pass blocking snaps according to pro football focus so that is very very good he's a stout pass protector and he might need to be based on the offensive line he's going to have to play behind so what did the rams do in the offseason well the rams in the offseason did nothing in free agency Although they should have added offensive line help, they did not. And what did they lose? Well, they lost a lot. They ended up losing Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks. Todd Gurley leaving was the reason they probably drafted Cam Akers in the second round. And then some depth wide receivers in Mike Thomas and Jojo Natson. So free agency ended up being just losing players. One of their top wide receivers, top deep threat in Brandon Cooks, and their number one running back for the past few years, Todd Gurley. In the NFL draft, they added to the offense by replacing those players. Cam Akers replaces Todd Gurley. Van Jefferson in the second round replaces a guy in Brandon Cooks, profiles out as this kind of leaner body, deep threat down the field where it's going to likely be Josh Reynolds to at least start the year, but maybe they rotate in. They get Bryson Hopkins, a tight end in the fourth round, and then they get an offensive tackle in the seventh round. So they do nothing for the offensive line. Oh, so they got a seventh round offensive tackle. Okay, if you think that really does help this offensive line, you're mistaken. But a big reason why last year they did suffer was their offensive line. So uh, Whitworth signed a new deal. That's something that they did. They gave Whitworth this really big deal, Andrew Whitworth, the captain of that offensive line, if you will, and a stable piece of it. And another thing was that they automatically had to drop. In 2018, they were the number one offensive line when it came to offensive line continuity in terms of how many games did the same exact players play together and how few offensive linemen played for that offensive line that year, meaning not a lot of injuries or trades or suspensions, whatever it might've been. So in 2018, they were number one in that department. They then dropped a bunch of spots to ending up losing nine different starters on the offensive line And the biggest streak of games with the same offensive line was just seven. So beginning to end of the year, they were decimated with injuries throughout the entire time. So although the offensive line was bad last year, a lot of that, and it was fantastic in 2018, probably one of the best in the entire league. A lot of it was just due to injuries. When you have nine different offensive Line and start for you in 16 games, that's going to lead to issues in continuity and just people having to shift their positions. But the alarming thing was that even though they had all these injuries and they saw how bad it was, they really didn't add any depth. So it is a concern in my opinion, but we'll see if they can just get back to normal. They've obviously lost players through to retirement due to free agency from 2018 to 2019. So it's not that same offensive line from 2018. If they stay healthy, it's not as simple as that. So I was a little bit confused and concerned with why they didn't add anybody to the offensive line, but maybe naturally they'll just get healthier and better because injuries were a major issue for the offensive line last year, not just the skill level of those guys, although they weren't that great either. So what is the backfield competition for Cam Akers? Well, it'll be Daryl Henderson, third round pick last year, Malcolm Brown, and John Kelly as of right now. Henderson was a third round pick last year and looked like somebody who was getting drafted in like the fifth and sixth rounds of drafts because people thought Todd Gurley wasn't going to play last year. And then he ends up playing like an overall total. If you look at the entire season of snaps uh, from all the games, he only played in nine games, but he only actually played in 2% of the overall team snaps. But if you look at the nine games that he played in it was much higher than that. Nothing crazy though. Just 14% of the snaps. As you can see, flashing his stats from last year on the screen, 39 attempts for 147 yards, just four receptions on six targets for 37 total yards. So all he ended up seeing was 4.3 attempts per game. When you factor in his four receptions, it was like 4.4 touches per game for 16.3 yards per game. Not great at all. It was like two and a half fantasy points per game through the nine games that he actually played and just 3.7 true yards per carry, a metric from player profiler that all that pretty much means is they take out the long runs so it's not as skewed it makes it a better number because yards per carry can be skewed when a guy doesn't have a ton of carries maybe he only has 100 and he had like three carries for 40 plus yards so well, now he's going to look really good even though all of his other carries kind of stunk it's going to take that out and just make it a better and a truer as it indicates number now malcolm brown is the veteran on this team or at least a guy who's played more years than just one like daryl henderson and zero like cam makers in the nfl 23.2 percent of the snaps last year 69 attempts for 255 yards five touchdowns he also was not used in the receiving game and not a lot of running backs in general where we'll talk about Gurley in a second two receptions on six targets for just 16 yards 3.6 true yards per carry was actually worse than Daryl Henderson which was already bad because Brown ranked 53rd in that area and he ranked 46 in yards created per touch look Malcolm Brown's just meh he's literally just meh he's just a body out there that is not going to excite anybody and if anything he's not going to add to the success of your running game by any means the one thing that he can do is at least pass protect a little bit but so can Cam Akers now Todd Gurley's gone what is Todd Gurley leaving behind well he played 76% of the snaps last year Todd 10 in that department even though everybody was jumping up and down why is he not playing on the field he still was playing a lot of snaps last year 223 carries for 857 yards and 14 touchdowns he also caught 31 of 50 targets so this guy last year saw over 250 total touches even though everybody was screaming on oh my god his knee and he definitely took a hit down the touchdown saved him but what you're looking at was he only saw 50 targets last year after seeing 81 he lost 31 targets and he led the league in running back drops with nine last year that was the most drops in the league amongst running backs i believe he might have been tied with Cohen in that department Tariq Cohen from the Bears but he did see 59 red zone touches which is very very good because I was third in the NFL they love to use their running backs in the red zone whether it's Todd Gurley whether it's Malcolm Brown he scored five touchdowns last year all in the red zone he ended up seeing 3.9 per game alone was Todd Gurley as the lead back in this offense he's leaving behind 16.9 touches per game and the Rams last year ran 25.1 times per game 18th most in the league but the big thing is that the Rams when they're playing from behind and if they're trailing and really at any point play so fast especially when they're playing from behind. So Cam Akers coming in is likely the best pass catching running back out of John Kelly, Malcolm Brown, and Daryl Henderson on this team, potentially up there with Malcolm Brown as the best pass protector on this team. And now the draft capital, much higher than Malcolm Brown, of course, and he's just another guy. It's going to be a round higher, which means more investment than Daryl Henderson Jr. from last year. So there's really not much competition. Honestly, if I was to be honest here, out of all the running backs we're going to talk about in this video and all the rookie running backs for this specific year, maybe not their entire career, but even then Cam Akers looks pretty decent. But for this specific year, the most opportunity might come from Cam Akers. Now, I think Clyde Edwards is in the better offense. We'll talk about a guy in Jonathan Taylor who I've talked about before, who I think is the best talented player and is behind the best offensive line. But When you look at opportunity in terms of which running back can I see potentially having 250 plus carries this year, it is Cam Akers above everybody else if everything plans out where Jonathan Taylor will talk about doesn't play as much for the first month. Clyde Edwards isn't the main guy ever in that backfield when it comes to pure carries. Cam Akers can start week one like Josh Jacobs did last year. I wouldn't be shocked if the guy sees 20 overall touches, four receptions, maybe even a touchdown. That's how much. Of a upside this guy is, and they recently said they think Malcolm Brown has a role on this team. That they think a guy in Daryl Henderson has his role on this team. And then when they were talking about Cam Akers, they were saying pretty much how he has to carry a lot of the workload. They didn't say it that directly, but that's what they were talking about. The owner of this team was saying how these other guys fit into different roles, but Cam Akers is kind of the guy that they drafted high in the second round, a guy who's going to be filling in for Todd Gurley. At least that's what I'm going to expect, and I like him right now. He's a top 28 running back for me, right around top 25 overall in my rankings. The next man up, I've done an individual video on on how I think you should draft him is jonathan taylor he is by far in my opinion the best running back in this draft again i'll say it as i have been saying if this was five to ten years ago and running backs were more valuable to teams as they are not right now jonathan taylor probably would have been taken in those first 10 picks right where saquon zeke and fournette have gone in the past i think that's how good jonathan taylor is and how good he would have been viewed by other teams if it wasn't this fact of oh we don't need to take running backs in the first round anymore but you really don't you shouldn't have to lock in those contracts when guys are just as good that go undrafted honestly maybe not similar to the zeke and saquon towns but similar to those round picks. So Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion, was arguably the best pure zone runner, which is the football, the NFL football scheme. So it, it carries over very nicely from college in college football history. He's, he's up there for that. Like he was a better running back in college, just on the ground than Saquon. Saquon definitely edges him out in the receiving game. But if you want to know in depth, a lot more, just a detailed video, Jonathan Taylor, his video that I have on him, I'll pop it up on the screen, the thumbnail. You can check that one out for sure, but I'll break it down a little bit here as well. Taylor in college while at Wisconsin last year, he's 21, he's 5'11", he's 226 pounds. He's just a brick wall of muscle. He ran a 439, Nine, and he has been calm to Zeke, and I do see those comparisons. Last year, he ran the ball 320 times. You factor in his 26 receptions. He had 346 touches last year, over 2,000 yards in the rushing game, 242 in the receiving game, and he had 21 touchdowns. He was an absolute beast. He was number four in college football and missed tackles for with 89 last year. This guy was an animal. That was career at Wisconsin, 925 carries. He had 6,159 rushing yards and 50 touchdowns, and he had 55 total touchdowns when you factor in his receiving touchdowns. Now, you've already seen this tweet if you've seen the other videos, but Graham bar Garfield points it out great here. Jonathan Taylor, the stuff coming out of the draft, the guy can't catch. He can catch the ball. If you're going to compare him to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and, and DeAndre Swift and other guys that can catch the ball in a really elite level, then yeah, he's not going to look as good. But just relative to most NFL backs, he's going to look like a very competent pass catcher. These are the stats, right? Melvin Gordon, the guy who can't catch passes, caught only 22 balls coming out of college. That was the narrative. Then he goes on to catch a ton of balls with Phillip Rivers when he was at the Chargers. Jonathan Taylor, last year alone, caught 26 balls. That's four more than Melvin Gordon did in his entire three-year career. So he had better numbers in every department, receiving touchdowns, receiving yards, in receptions than Melvin Gordon did in three years. He did all that last year. And you know who he gets to have as his quarterback coming out like Melvin Gordon did? Phillip Rivers, the same quarterback who likes to check the ball down. Jonathan Taylor is going to be fine, but Naeem Himes. Okay. If you want to get into a rant on Naeem Himes, a guy who has never been able to carry any of a workload when he's had an opportunity to, been wildly inefficient when he's been given the lead back duties, and he's going to maybe catch one to two balls a game this year for them, even though they're saying he can have games where he catches five balls. Okay, sure. He might have one, but for the most part, he's going to be used in the way that he's being paid right now. When he traded up a traded up in the second round for Jonathan Taylor. They didn't wait back and say, oh, he's on the board. They traded up to go get him. He is going to be using the passing game. I guarantee he's going to be a three down back in this team at some point this year. But Sal, what about Marlon Mack? Look, I think Marlon Mack's a good running back, but he's a free agent next year, do just $2 million this year. And they just traded up for Jonathan Taylor. In my opinion, he's a trade candidate, very similar to Kerryon Johnson in that Detroit backfield. Now that DeAndre Swift, another rookie is there. So in 2019, Marlon Mack had over a thousand yards, right? In just 14 games, 12.8 fantasy points per game. He caught 14 of 17 targets. He had 247 attempts, eight touchdowns, 1,091 yards. He was very good last year, in my opinion. But Marlon Mack can now be called the poor man's Jonathan Taylor in this backfield. They're behind Quentin Nelson in an offensive line that was top five in the running department last year. And Quentin Nelson, who has been back-to-back best offensive tackle in the entire league and in the running department, by far the best, according to Pro Football Focus. So Marlon Mack for the first month of the season might take on like 50% of the snaps, but at some point, similar to Miles Sanders last year, as we discussed with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think Jonathan Taylor becomes the lead back here because although Marlon Mack is good and deals with injuries, he's not outstanding, right? He's a guy who's been benefiting running behind a really good offensive line. I think he can also catch passes. So although there's some hype during the off season of Naeem Himes catching passes from Philip Rivers, I don't buy it as much because there's two more talented running backs ahead of him in Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack who can catch passes. But Sal, Marlon Mack only caught 14 balls and 17 targets. Okay, well, he didn't have Philip Rivers throwing the ball. And in college, Marlon Mack was a very good pass catcher. Just the role that they use him in in this offense is not to use him in that way. But I think Marlon Mack might take on the Naeem Himes role, honestly, and Jonathan Taylor go to be the lead back, the Marlon Mack of last year at some point this year. In these rushing offense last year, number five in rushing attempts per game 29.4 beautiful for Jonathan Taylor 3.6 red zone rushing attempts per game to running backs beautiful 4.4 receptions and 5.6 targets per game a lot of that was Naeem Himes who ended up catching 44 balls last year on 58 targets 6.6 fantasy points per game Hines was ranked 16th in running back receptions and targets on 32% of the snaps last year just 52 carries for 199 yards and two touchdowns you can see his stats right there Naeem Himes has two years left on his four year 3.18 million dollar deal he has 750,000 left on his deal this year so I don't think he's going to be cut since he has so much years left, but I'm going to be shocked if he's not used as heavily as people are hyping him up to be used. And the big thing for the rush offense, a thousand yard rusher in Marlon Mack in just 14 games, 17.6 carries per game. I think at some point this year, Jonathan Taylor will be seeing 16 to 18 carries per game, if not more when you factor interceptions, 20 plus touches. Now their offensive line, fantastic. Number two run blocking unit last year, number 10 overall, and Clinton Nelson is elite. All five of their offensive linemen played a thousand plus snaps. So the continuity was fantastic. Maybe they're due to regress negatively there, but it's still a very good offensive line. When Nelson last two years leads all offensive linemen in run blocking, he is an absolute monster. So you get the best offensive lineman in the running game in Quentin Nelson with now the potentially best pure zone rusher of all time in college football going behind him. And at least of last year this is going to be a very nice career arc for both of these men. And it's going to start this year, in my opinion, just not right off the bat. So right now, Jonathan Taylor is my running back 19 and PPR rankings. As I record this and get all the rankings down below, go get this Supreme draft guide, pop up the banner. And while you're here, hit the like button, smash the big old subscribe button. I appreciate that. Go get that on fantasy All the information is linked below. If you go to monkey knife fight, you can get it for free with the deposit of $10, the Supreme draft guide. And then you get a hundred percent deposit modus from monkey knife fight. Promo code is sal NFL. That is S a L NFL. For those of you still listening on the podcast. So what do you get out of Jonathan Taylor? Somebody who might be in a committee for the first four weeks, but he might come out and just be the starter. And then there's a lot of upside of the RB 19 overall for me as a fourth round pick, and maybe even get him in the fifth round. They'll probably start to get taken in the third or fourth round though, more so by the time the season starts, but you get a guy behind this great offense, who is a fantastic runner, who I believe has good pass catching ability with a quarterback who historically with Drew Brees and Philip Rivers himself, both of those guys check the ball down a ton and do a very good job of it and play schemes around that screen plays, check downs running backs, and they're not afraid to do it. So I think Jonathan Taylor is in a really good situation in this offense. And we can go over to uh, the Supreme draft Guide now to take a sneak peek at some of his pros and cons. So if we zoom in on some of the pros on this screen, you can see his profile right here, along with all the other rookie running backs are on the Supreme draft guide, good zone runner. And by good, fantastic. Fantastic zone runner, breaks tackles with ease. He's NFL ready based on the running scheme he was in at Wisconsin. Number three in yards after contact, number three in force missed tackles, and number two in carries of 15 or more yards. He's a red zone and goal line back. He has the build of muscle, 226 pounds. He's only negatives right now. Pass catching role is what people will tell you is a negative. I think he's gonna be a fine pass catcher. He did drop 12.3% of his passes in fumble 17 times in college. He has to share those up, but those aren't things that are relatively skill-based. It's just about working on them a lot more during the off season. And some people might see 925 career carries factoring in his receptions close to a thousand total touches in college and say that that's a lot of tread on the tires but if he was like 23 and a half years old coming out i would say it's a lot of tread for like an aging body quote unquote but he's just 21 years old so 21 and a half by the time the season starts i'm not too concerned with all that workload if anything it's good experience for a guy who's still yet to hit the prime of his career in my opinion so that's where i'm at right now with the top three some other guys to mention the guys that i would like after that in my opinion right now jk dobbins and deandre swift are very close for me deandre swift has a slightly easier path to be relevant because of his pass catching ability but I would be shocked if the Detroit Lions are not in the bottom 15, and if not the bottom 10 in rushing attempts per game, then you also factor in both Scarborough's there. They want to use him. Ty Johnson is still in this team as I record this. Carryon Johnson is obviously there. After back-to-back seasons missed with a ton of games due to his knees that are now bum knees, but DeAndre Swift taken in the second round as well, likely potentially the best pass catcher in this entire offense. You could see his profile is abbreviated profile on the screen right now. He's never really had a workhorse ability, and he's a guy that just based on the landing spot, the Lions kind of suck at running the ball right there. You want to throw the ball a ton. Their defense is not good so they're not going to be in good game scripts in my opinion they lost everything on their defense right they let slay go a top cornerback and their coaches are a bunch of donkeys so when they want to use when they say they want to use three or four running backs i believe them i don't think carry johnson's going anywhere i think they'll probably try and use a combination of both scarborough and ty johnson so for me deandre swift is not a must-have but if he falls late enough in your drafts i like him and jk dobbins i like a lot when it comes to the future potential of jk dobbins you can see right now his profile is behind me so giving you a little sneak peek of all these so go ahead and check out fantasy sports focus the supreme draft guide link below banner on the screen right now i like dobbins if you're talking about Dynasty. This specific year, Mark Ingram's still there, and there's a lot of running backs with Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, who I think might only be reserved to special teams at this point as the fourth string. But Dobbins has a lot of upside. He's another guy that if you're getting him as like your RB five later in drafts, if you can get Dobbins in like the tenth round, I like that a lot. But if he's going to go in like the eighth round, just pass on it. Take wide receivers, tight ends, maybe even a quarterback at that point. But he was very good at Ohio State, three one thousand yard seasons. Even as a true freshman, he was a baller, three hundred carries alone for two thousand yards last year. He was very good at forcing tackles, top ten in that department. Number one in runs of fifty. 50- 15 or more yards. This is a very good running back in JK Dobbins. And he's in an offense that ran the most last year with Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. So if he steps into that Gus Edwards role from last year, he'll be in a very good spot to see maybe even six to eight touchdowns. So there is upside for him in this offense, but if the offense does regress and they don't run as much and and not miles and lapping the field in the rushing department with their running backs, like they made Mark Ingram a thousand yard rusher on less than 50% of the snaps. Highly efficient last year. If JK Dobbins can get something of that, take a little piece of that, I think he'll pay off a 10th round pick for sure. But eighth round can start to be him a little sketchy. He's a very good dynasty option though. Zach Moss is at least worth a mention before we close this up. And then guys, I don't want Keyshawn Vaughn. If you have not yet already watched it, check out my do not draft running back videos because I do not want Keyshawn Vaughn this year. Everybody loves Keyshawn Vaughn, at least early on in the summer. I don't want him. I'd rather have his other running back, Ronald Jones. You can check that one out for more on that. But thank you so much for tuning into this video. My name is Sal Vetri. Hit me with the like button before you go. Hit me with the big subscribe button before you go. If you would be so, so nice yourself and check out the Supreme draft guide, you can get it for just $10 limited time only. Thanks to Monkey Knife Fight promo code Sal NFL, S-A-L-N-F-L on Monkey Knife Fight gets you that, but the links below will take you there. If you're not eligible for the Monkey Knife Fight offer based on the time you're watching this, you can just go down below in the description and get it on the site itself, fantasysportsfocus.com, my website, check it out. I appreciate y'all being here. Potentially by the time you're watching this, this website will look a little bit different, but this is, is my website right now. Pieces of it. You can't see the top bar because it's cut off, but this is the website, Fantasy Sports Focus. I appreciate you all being here. My name's Sal Vetri. Thanks for tuning into this video. Like, subscribe, share, all those things. Notification bell as well. Get the Supreme Draft Guide. Football season is almost here. I'm getting so excited, as you can tell, right now in my voice. Peace out, gang. Stay safe. See you in the next one.